It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about, it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story when you actually put it into words is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great pace, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello, welcome back to Generation Skywalker. I'm Stuart. I'm flying solo tonight, but I'm not. I've got a fantastic interview coming up with John Aves. If you don't know who John is, he's a he's a massive Palatoy vintage toy collector. He's got an incredible, uh, incredible collection, incredible stories. Not only that, we talk about his trip to Tunisia to see the sights. We talk about autograph hunting. We talk about celebrations. Uh, we, we, we talk we talk Star Wars, and we talk Star Wars for a good hour. So let's go straight over to that interview now. Right, now I'm delighted to welcome John Aves to Generation Skywalker. John, welcome to Generation Skywalker. First time on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on. And let, let me just say, I, um, I love listening to the intro. Yeah. Other, other podcasts, I tend to sort of fast forward that bit but i tend to always listen to i don't get tired of listening to it how many times i hear it this actually gives me goosebumps i love it it's such a great intro it's done we've had that off a few people actually yeah Yeah, it's it's so good it really is yeah so well done on that yeah the piece of music i mean that that's down to uh, a chap called samuel kim who remixes remixes some of those tunes and uh, reached out to him when we were putting it together and he was like yep buy me a coffee use it it's like he's he's very worth checking out on youtube because he mixes so much music some of it's beautiful okay check him out now john we're going to delve into star wars we're going to delve into your collecting you're a huge vintage collector you're a huge anyone that does know you're a huge palatoy fan Uh, there's there's so much we can talk about i want to start off with a trip you took in 2010. I mean, this is one trip I would love to do. Yeah. You did the trip to Tunisia to see the, the Star Wars sites, didn't you? 
what it was. It, it was a holiday. We, we, every year at that, that period of time, we, we went away with um, my other half, Wendy's mum and, um, and husband, because basically we used to go with them because it, it helped them out to go on holiday because they're both um, disabled. We go with them and it just makes it a lot easier for them. But we genuinely enjoyed their company. We used to have so, a great um, couple of weeks um, wherever we went, Spain. This one was obviously Tunisia. Had you booked Tunisia just to go to Tunisia or was Star Wars in your head when booking that? So, so it, it was a, a trip to Tunisia and um, I I didn't know at the time, but we went around my birthday and uh, Wendy, she booked that um, excursion for my birthday and I, I didn't know about it until I got there. So it was a lovely oh, wow. surprise. Yeah. Yeah, now that, now that is a surprise, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you must have yeah. been staying quite quite close. But is are the well, places close by, or is it a bit of a hike to get to? It's a bit of a way because um, we stayed in a place called uh, Hammermet, if memory serves. And that part of Tunisia, it's, it's all full of the nice hotels, like where the tourists stay. And um, I mean, that's all well and good. Staying in a nice hotel, you got a bit of a private beach and so on, and you get all the food you want and everything. But that's not really Tunisia. To see Tunisia, you have to go out and see it. And that's what that trip involved doing. It was a 700-mile trip, and we ended up um, right near Lebanon. So, yeah, you, you see the real Tunisia when you do that. So that that in itself, without seeing the, the Star Wars sets, I mean, that that in itself was quite amazing to do, quite an adventure. So it, it was a 700-mile trip from where you were staying? Yeah. Wow, from, from each way, we or, or was that round trip? I think, I think a round trip. I think it was round, yeah. It, it, so all, a big loop, if you like, there and back was 700 miles, I believe. Um, we did it over two days, and it was like there was only about, I think, eight eight of us, and we had a, a guide as well. Right. And, um, we was in like a little mini bus, and uh, yeah, we, we went on, on our way. Hot times, I should imagine. <laughs> well, it, it was... Um, but it was uh, it was October time we went, so it wasn't over the top to be honest. It, it was it was okay. I mean, I, I don't like it too hot. You know, for me, a, a nice, ideally like a nice 25 degrees is I'm happy with that bit of a breeze. So um, yeah, it, 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 I think I think it was it's probably like late 20s and that that kind of temperature. You know? Right. Okay. So yeah. so did did you know before you got on that bus that you were going where you were going? Yeah. So when um, when you told me about it, I, I knew what it was. It, it, it was um, it, it was a tour of, of the film sets, basically, um, and that included Star Wars, um, The Gladiator, or Gladiator, should I say, and um, The English Patient. There was locations right. that we visited for, for that film as well. Oh, um, right. So, uh, yeah, what an interesting so mixture. Yes. Um, our first stop was actually in a place called El Gem, which is where the, the Colosseum is, where they filmed Gladiator. Oh, I mean wow. that that was unbelievable because that alone, yeah, that alone, honestly, uh, it's ridiculous because it cost us virtually nothing to get in there. I think the equivalent of like fifty p at the time, which is a joke. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's absolute joke. And um, that Colosseum is in better condition than the one in Rome, but it's a little bit smaller. The, like the battle floor is still intact and so on. And um, yeah, that I mean, just seeing that alone was was incredible. It's actually, I would love to send you the pictures of the episode one film set in the middle well, I was, of the desert. I was going to ask you that because obviously tw- 2010, they had returned there in 97, 98 to, re- to film The Phantom Menace. I mean, yeah. was that was that new sets built? Or was yeah, it, yeah. yeah they, they were new sets. Um, 
they they were, the, the the Lars Homestead was was um somewhere else um and the, the, this episode one film I mean I couldn't believe how much of it was still intact so I, and I mean getting there was an adventure because we ended up getting on these like jeeps and we drove across the sand dunes I mean like 45 degree angles going up and down these sand dunes that was incredible in itself and um we finally got there and it was like out in the middle of nowhere and we just was on this um old film set which was still there and again no charge to get in i mean i, I would have paid whatever it costs to get on there and I, I, I just felt that these guys weren't making the most of the situation you know yeah definitely and, i always find it yeah. incredible I've, I've spoken to people that have, have visited tunisia before and they say that it's in the middle of nowhere that even yeah. when they were filming there they chose such remote areas away from yeah. where they would be you know basically putting up the um cast and crew each night yeah yeah just to show yeah. them in yeah yeah no it, it was it, it was like we, we we stopped at a certain place and then um we we got into these jeeps and it, it was like going off on another adventure to, to get to the, the film set from where where the coach stopped you know it, to, to explain it that way it, it really was it was something to experience you know and um, I, I remember we was in the middle of going to the film set and we stopped briefly just to get out and have a look at the you know the wonderful scenery and you know what we could see and um when we got back to the jeeps we looked in and it was like this moving massive black stuff all over it and it was like a load of flies and they didn't disperse until jeeps started moving again all these flies just flew out of this these like something out of the amateurville horror you know it was it was crazy so um yeah yeah, so good, is, good uh, memories, you know. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? Uh, whenever I speak to anybody on this, it does make me start to crave going there to to visit it myself. And it's um yeah yeah. Did they yeah, return I mean, out there to for Kenobi, or was that all done with? I mean, do, do you know? I, I'm not sure. I, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I I know that Tunisia was one of the uh, most uh, accommodating, easiest places to film. You know, like they. Like for Indiana Jones, instead of filming in Egypt, they they filmed in Tunisia, didn't they? Because mm. uh, there were there were too many, I think, like restrictions and problems that they were sort of faced to actually film in Egypt. Um, but I don't I don't know if they returned to uh, Tunisia for Kenobi. I'm not sure about that one. No, I have to uh, have to check yeah, that out. Just wonder whether they knocked out, up yeah. the uh, knocked it up um, on you know where they were. They can do so much now, can't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, I can remember talking to uh, Andy Golden, and he had gone out to Tunisia and he had brought back, I'm sure you've seen them for sale or farthest from on that, he brought back a, a chunk of Crate Dragon, which he broke yes. up and sold off. Yes. And I can remember him saying that a lot of the locals didn't really get it and they used to go and take bits off the homestead and were smoking it, whatever was it, whatever was used <laughs> kind of thing. So it was like a story that it got. Are, are, the, are the sets in pretty good, Nick? Especially the homestead and stuff, which is a lot older are they do the locals respect what it is and understand what it is i i, I guess so because yeah the, the last homestead was in was in pretty good shape i mean you can probably tell from the pictures i sent you um yeah i mean it's like the uh some of the big um props are sort of if anything they're just a bit more sun yellowed now than when you originally saw them they're a bit more whiter in, in the film you know um, yeah but apart from that yeah they're, they're in pretty good shape you know but um, the locals, they didn't really make a big deal out of anything because I remember sort of just outside, I think it was the last homestead, 
there was like these key rings and things for sale and, and they were just like key rings of little mini scorpions and things and I was thinking god you guys should be doing some Star Wars stuff you know because and, 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 and charging an entrance fee to get in because you'd, you'd make a fortune there was, there well, was that, none of that going on at all I, I um, can you know these kind of uh, African countries like Tunisia I mean I've been to other ones and stuff and you tend to get these markets i was expecting it to be yeah. like a kind of market area loads of bootleg stalls clothing yeah, and toys yeah, or, or and everything just kind of rammed and really yeah. living up to the hype well because um we, we went to um the, the market um before we went on our trip and i mean it was full of uh fake um designer stuff <laughs> yeah, like you do. All, all, all of it yeah loads of it and and you know it was a very busy um Bustle and bustle market there, wasn't it? It was um oh, just Wendy's coming, the real Wendy Williams or something. She's sitting next to me. Do, do you remember that, honey? It, it, it was um that market, all, all the all the fake goods I had, loads of it. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know why they, they sort of missed a trick on the Star Wars stuff. They didn't seem to bother. I mean, as I say, you know, not charging the entrance free. I mean, you know, I went to the Lars Homestead. I had lunch at the Lars Homestead. I mean, how how cool is that? Yeah, uh, it, <laughs> ridiculous. I'm sitting there like um, where where Luke and on old uncle um, Owen and Aunt Bruce sat. I didn't have any blue milk. I might add. Um, <laughs> okay. I can make like some of the local. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know. So, I, I mean, some of the cool. some of the photos you sent. That there's things on like strapped to the wall, which uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, some of the images are great, but they're really random as well. Yeah. <laughs> I know those um, the little props are still there, and there was, I remember there was like a little. Um, I think it was like an en- entrance to the place, like a little I don't know mini, um, like a little mini hotel sort of entrance. You know, little bar there and, and pictures of jowls and so on. You know, um, and like yeah, a, was, a like a beach towel as well, which Vader yeah. on. Yeah, just like a just a towel strapped to the wall. It, somewhere I can't remember, but yeah, it was, it was something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's <laughs> random stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Love it. Yeah. I've got to, I've yeah, got to ask you, go ask you, John. When you went John. to the homestead for the first time, as, as a massive yeah. Star Wars fan, what yeah. is that emotion you get when you first enter? It's all surreal. Like, you can't believe you're sort of actually there where they, they filmed, you know, a great movie. Just, yeah, it's just, just quite overwhelming, really, to see it all in front of you. Because yeah, I can just... remember when, when Jez did one of his running Stormtroopers and we, were, we went off to um, Pinewood. Yeah, me, me and Grant were taken off on a a little tour while he was doing the run, and we were taken round to where the Falcon was. I think they were filming Solo at the time, wow. but to see a full size Falcon in front of you, I mean, Grant was nearly in tears. <laughs> to go yeah, to the homestead is. where they've, you know, Luke and all that. I mean, that's just yeah. a, another level. It's just it is. Um, yeah, yeah, you're overcome with a bit of emotion. I must admit, you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's incredible to, to experience it. You know, it really is. I would. What I would say is, I think I think Wendy might be getting a lot of um, proposals from Star Wars fans <laughs> after this after this goes live because if that's the kind of birthday present she's getting people, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, no, I'm honestly, I'm I'm very fortunate. You know, she's very supportive of my my hobby and my interests. You know, and she, to be honest, she she quite likes it herself. You know, she she comes to the events with me a lot, um, and uh, yeah, I can't I really can't complain. You know, she's she's a Star Wars fan, then she enjoys Star Wars. Yeah, she she enjoys it. You know, she that's a good she, star, um, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Um, so I got the on ongoing joke. You know, she's she's a real expert, not me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah, Facebook. You can call it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does look amazing. Loving the photos and um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, very, the very downside is it's no. I, I do recommend them to go. It's just um, I mean, I must admit on on that trip, but some some parts of the trip you did feel a little bit um out of your comfort comfort zone um when we got stopped by the police a couple of times and um yeah i think i don't know what what set up that was all but the guide i think i don't know if he paid them some money or, or something because he sort of felt like a bit of a sitting duck at some point you're sort of out in the middle of nowhere you know in the real tunisia and i mean there's only a, a very small amount of us and um i mean it was okay everything was fine in the end um but then after, you know, you heard about that uh, that shooting on the private beach out there a few years later. I can't remember, it's a couple of years later. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, that was awful, you know, for the for the uh, for the industry, for you know, for the tourists and so on. Because that would have hurt them. Um, and yeah. It even um, it even got occupied at one point, didn't it? By I, terrorist groups. Yeah. All that they those were the rumours. Yeah. That's Anyhow, I mean. but yeah. So it's just it's not good is it you know when you hear about things like that and i don't know what the state is now i, I don't even know if they still do that tour or I, I have no idea i'd like to think so you know because it's it's such a great trip to do it really is yeah so, yeah i mean if, if if you ever if you can go if you ever get the chance and it's okay i, I highly recommend anybody Star Wars fan to, to do it, you know. So I've just I've actually just googled it while while we're talking, and it, it okay. there is a site now, Star Wars Tours, okay. um, which private land speeder tours of Tatooine. It's that's how it's oh, tagline. Right. Okay, uh, it's oh, got COVID nineteen rules, but yeah. um, you can actually do five, oh, okay. eight, or thirteen days around there where they take you to cool. different different things, including things like it's got on here again, things like the Colosseum and other other parts of south of Tunisia. But um, yeah. Yeah, it would it does look like it is open for business again? So, well, that's that's great, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah, that's great. So that's great for them, great for us. But, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Do it. Yeah, yeah. you've got to do it, man. Yeah, yeah. Do it. <laughs> you get the chance. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So let's. Uh, very jealous, John. So I'm not <laughs> um, recently, the last couple of weeks, celebration is coming back to London. 2016 yeah. was the last one. 2023, we've got it on our doorstep. I'm yeah. pretty sure you're going to be there. I will, and it falls on Easter weekend, doesn't it? So with my job, the only day that I have to get off would be the Saturday. So um, I'll definitely be up for buying a, a four-day pass. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Can't wait for it to be back on the doorstep. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've you said you earlier to me offline you've done all three London London shows. Well, this will be the third one, obviously. The, the, yes, this will be the third one. Yes, um, yes, I, I did the uh, 2007, the 2016, and um, so I that was a big difference that, between the two of those. Got a lot of time difference as well. So, de- yeah, definitely. I mean, 2016 yeah. was three days, but I want to return yeah. to 2016 because okay, something else you've you shared with me, and that is this: you have got a Empire Strikes Back quad poster, UK poster. It's such it's such a beautiful. I think it's one of my favourite of all the posters. So so fantastic choice to start with, which you have been getting signed. Now I'm aware in 2016 you spent the majority of that event trying to get signatures on this. Yeah, yeah. I um so I actually purchased the poster um earlier that year because I I never owned a period poster and I thought I had a load of them um, you know reissues and so on that 
just look good on the wall. And I thought I wouldn't mind uh, an actual period one. And um, that Empire image is my favourite of all the Empire posters with Vader to stand there with his sabre and so on. Um, so I, I wanted that one, and I found a pretty decent example of one. And um, then I, this event was coming, and I, and I realised there was going to be quite a few um, people there. And I thought, well, it'll be a good idea to get it signed up. And I've sort of made that decision, well, I'm going to prioritise getting the poster signed over everything else. And, um, yeah, it out up a lot of time, unfortunately. So I um, I did miss I missed out on a few things I would have liked to have done. But, um, well, you, you say unfortunately. You say unfortunately, John. Yeah. I, I'm I'm looking at the signatures that I can work <laughs> out from here, and I can see that you've got Jeremy Bullock on there. I can see yeah. uh, David Prowse is on there. Carrie Fisher's yeah. on there. Alan yeah. Harris is on there. Kenny Baker. I can see. They're just ones that are standing out to me. Yeah. And none. Oh, Peter Mayhew. None of these people are no longer here. I, I know. I know. I mean. So yeah. if you hadn't done that at that opportunity. Yeah, I've never. You probably never would have got that chance to meet them and stuff. No, no, no. So you know, in hindsight, I'm I'm really glad I I did it because sadly, you know, people are no longer with us. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, it's funny because I think it was either a week after the event there was a, an event in London, and um, I managed to get Dave Prowse and Gary Kurtz um, at, at that event, um, considerably cheaper, I might add, than if they had been at celebration. <laughs> you know, because you, I'm sure you're aware Dave um, was banned from going to these major Star Wars yeah. shows. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I managed to get those guys as well. I mean, see, I've got Mark Hamill as well. He was at Celebration. Yeah, it, it, it was really well worth it. Anthony Daniels. I mean, I heard a rumour that Anthony Daniels could be a bit funny sometimes. and he, he didn't like to sign next to Kenny Baker. I don't know how true that is. But he... <laughs> He seemed quite happy. The only thing he did, I remember him saying to me, "Oh, um, I should do it in blue, really." Because, and I was like, well, "That's that's a, that's nice," but because they're all all the others were in silver, I sort of wanted to keep it uniform, you know. So <laughs> I got everything in silver. Yeah, yeah. That is a uh, that's Anthony Daniels for you, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was assumed he would have wanted to sign in gold, being three pounds. Well, that would have been. What I would have thought, yeah, yeah, I would have thought gold, you know. Um, Beautiful signature though he's got, really lovely. He has got a beautiful yeah, signature. Very, yeah. very nice. Yeah, as, as and, and Gary Kurtz, another one, really lovely signature. But, um, I mean, only Ant- I mean Anthony Daniels saying that. I mean, blue. I mean, the poster's predominantly blue. It kind yeah, of would I, have sunk in, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't think blue would have worked. You know, I think what you said, gold would have worked well. Um, I do have a dream of because I'm, I'm still missing a few. And I mean, to be honest, the, the ones I'm missing, chances are I'll never get them. But if I ever got Lucas to sign it, or maybe I'd get him to sign it in gold. You know? Yeah, that's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> say, who would you I, like uh, to add? Who would you like to add to it that's missing? Well, I'd like to add George Lucas, Frank Oz, um, James Earl Jones, and uh, John Williams would be oh, John um, Williams the one. Yes, John Williams because w- w- without the music, the score, Star Wars is not the same thing. It really isn't. Um, so yes, if I could, if I could add those, that would be unbelievable. But I think that's a pipe dream, to be honest. You never know. How often? I mean, how often do you actually add to it? Oh, um, I think the last signature I did was um, oh, what's his name? He was in Taxi, not Taxi. Cheers, sorry. He was in Cheers. He, he was a, a voice in um, Toy Story, and I thought, what's his name? I can't remember his bloody name now. One of the last signatures I got, I, I, I went all the way to the NEC to get it. I'm trying to remember. 
He, he, didn't he play like the the male guy in uh, in Cheers? Oh, I never watched Cheers. Ratzenberger. John, is it Rat, Ratzenberger? John, John. Oh, Ratzenberger. John Ratzenberger. Yeah. 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 That's it. I, I got I got him. Um, he he might be one of the last ones I've got. Um, there there was a couple of decent ones at Echo a couple of years ago. Um, I think Michael Culver I got from there. Um, and another. Yeah, Billy D. Williams I got when I went to um, Manchester. Yeah, because Billy D. wasn't that celebration. So um, I, I went all the way to the show in Manchester to get him done. How did and, you find Billy D.? Well, I've actually think he's a lovely guy. I mean, I've, I've met him a couple of times. I, I first met him in 2005 in um, in uh, Collectomania. It was um it was done in the big shopping um center up in uh oh, I can't remember where it was now. It was it, it was a um Jason Joyner event. Um I mean that, that Carrie Fisher was there as well. And she turned wow. up really late to be honest. She 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 looked a lot worse for wear. I don't think she was very good at the time. Yeah, she 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 looked absolutely shattered. And she, I only asked that there. because because I met Billy D in uh celebration in twenty nineteen yeah. out in Chicago. Yeah. And that day, I mean, that if you ever need to add autographs, hopefully Celebration moving forward always does the same thing because out there you decided who you're having before you went and you've got an yeah. hour slot to go. And sometimes yeah, yeah. you're only at the at the desk for five, ten minutes and it was it was really smooth. But I met eight eight people out there right. and he was by far the uh, the least friendliest and kind of least welcoming out of the wow. eight I think but I'm sure these people have bad days and whatnot but he wasn't the cheapest that I was going to visit that day no and just you know it's do very it interesting smiling. you say that actually because yeah as you said you know they're only human they, they can be having a bad day I mean both times 2005 he was really pleasant and um I met I met him again before I got the signature in 2016, and uh, I, I think both times were in Milton Keynes. And um, the, the second time I met him, it was really there was there was hardly anybody about, and um, there was a real issue with the heating. He was sitting there with a big blanket around him and drinking a coffee and that, and um, there wasn't many people about because I don't even think the show started. Yeah, something something happened, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Um, <laughs> And he he was yeah he was again he was really pleasant he was okay you know um, yeah funny isn't it he I mean he didn't he didn't even look up no, when I was see, when I was at, in South Chicago it was yeah, kind of like you were just yeah. on a conveyor belt to go through yeah, you know it's not a nice experience it's nice when they just give you something just some, something to make it a bit you know personal and like um they're pleased yeah. to see you you know well yeah because it can leave, leave a bad taste a bad opinion of him and I'm sure he's not can. like that but. That was well, my they, one experience of it. Yeah, I mean, they have a responsibility to the fans, really. Um, I know it's hard sometimes, but um, you know, you could you could ruin somebody's day like a guitar. You know, it's terrible. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I I actually found Carrie Fisher quite cold. Um, I mean, she she was a nightmare because she was having unbelievable amounts of um, I think comfort break. She was calling it. <laughs> and and I heard that she was in the back room, just spaced out on the sofa or something. I I, I remember her. She was away. She always had a can of coke that she was drinking at that celebration. I remember that. Um, and um, she had like two tables. That it was usually just the one table. She she had another table in in front, so you, there was more of a distance between you and her. And um, yeah, I didn't get much from her at all. She she just signed it, and that was it, pretty much. You know. See, that's really funny um, as well. I met her in in Fax um, in Belgium, the Belgium event. Yeah. 
and I queued up all day and she kept taking breaks there as well. She was gone every 20 yeah. minutes, I think, for cigarette breaks. Yeah. But when I met her, she, she was captivating. She, you know, she was she was lovely. Um, I told her that she was my first true love. And all this, and she, you know, she <laughs> had great. a conversation with me. She wrote that on my photo, your first true love, oh, and all brilliant. this kind of stuff. And she was brilliant. And that's you know, that's really just I think it's just experiences with on that day. I mean, everyone, yeah, everyone has them. It's uh, yeah, yeah, just the way it that, is. That, but, that's yeah. just the way it is, isn't it? It's like, well, you you, you got you know, I'm you know, so lucky that it was great that she she was more sort of up for it um, yeah. yourself. Um, you know, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just sadly. Unlucky. Sadly, I put that photo into a book um, to keep it flat at home while I was getting a, a thingy. And I think my wife donated the book to uh, a charity shop. And it's the oh, one. Nice. I've got a photo of it, which oh, I put wow. on the forum back in the day. But um, I've never found that book. So I'm guessing it's gone to a charity shop. So all my other ones oh, I've got, like Carrie Fisher's, the one that I would have wanted the most. Um, well, that, that, that's going to be a story for someone in the future. I found this book yeah. in a charity shop. And, well, yeah, uh, you open it, it's got like to Stuart from your first true love Carrie Fisher and whatnot on it you kind of like so yeah I've got a, I've got, oh, like I say, I've got a photo of it but not the uh not the actual <laughs> the thing oh thing. man oh damn wow yeah <laughs> there you go well I hope you're still talking to your wife yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah dearie me um who's the best what, what, what was the best you got your favourite person to meet when you're out, I, out there I'll tell you what um, I found the, the English guys um awesome i mean robert watts was amazing i mean I, I i could i could sit down one evening and listen to all of his stories you know he, he was a lovely lovely guy he really was and um it was funny because on that day um wendy and i were wearing these t-shirts it was from the empire strikes back it was that famous um, line between Han and Leia, and so uh wendy's t-shirt said i love you and mine said i know and um I thought that was cool because no, nobody else had those T-shirts on in the entire event that we saw. So that was pretty cool. But anyway, I'm standing there talking to Robert Watson and, that, and, and he looks at me and he looks at my T-shirt and he, and he says to me, he goes, what do you know? Like that. And, I, and I said, just one second, I said, Wendy, got her over and we stood <laughs> next to each other. And he said, oh, he said, that's brilliant. He said, that is amazing. So yeah, he was such a nice, nice chap. He, yeah, absolutely. You know? Gives you time, last to talk, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, that was cool, great. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But back oh. to the Billy D. Williams. Um, the, the bonus was when I went to Manchester to get his signature. I didn't realise it, but um, Dennis Lawson was there, so I, I, I got his as well. And he's not one that you come across too often, you know, old wedge. And he was in all three movies. And I think nearly everyone, every person who signed my poster, they all had a speaking part. I think, apart from I guess Bosk. But um, yeah, that they would. It, it wasn't, you know, it's not like old second stormtrooper on the right or something like that it, they're all pretty um significant um signings so yeah yeah i'm, I'm pleased with it you need to um complete the uh complete the bounty hunters now we've got zuckers <laughs> yeah. all on that's it fett and bosk um, yeah is, is bill hargreaves on there no i haven't got him and um i mean the guy who played dengar he's he's long gone isn't he um yeah i think yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll never manage that, sadly, but hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it does. It looks amazing, mate. And I, I think you've made the right decision going down the same pen route, whether yeah, Anthony Daniels to it, argue it, it or not. So when you, yeah, I mean, so when you stand back and look at it, it, it doesn't look sort of messy, if you like. It, it, it's it's still, you've got that nice image. Cause they, yeah. they sort of blend in. And when you when you get close, you can clearly see the signature. So I think, yeah, it's, it's it works out okay. 
but is that okay? Yeah, definitely. Please, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, we've uh, we've certainly uh, waffled on that that bit between the two of us. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's get on to your collection because you're you're a huge Star Wars collector and you're renowned for being a Palatoy Star Wars collector. So, first of all, yeah. the first thing that springs up with me on that is is what era Star Wars when you were young yeah. was were, were you into? Was it, I don't know how old you are, you see, so were you on it from Star Wars or was it Empire or was it Jedi? Yeah, so my time, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 47 in October, so my time was actually very late Empire and mainly Jedi. So right. I, okay. I, yeah. So, so I missed the the early stuff. So you're talking about Palatoy cards coming out with no logo on them. Yes. At that point. Absolutely. And so why because, yep. is it Palatoy now then? It's a good question because the logo that I remember was was Kenner. The reason for that was because some of the stuff I got was um like you know the Kenner imports. Um, my ATA as a kid was it was a Kenner one, and a couple of cardage figures had the Kenner logo on them. So I, I remember that. I, do not remember the Palatoy logo. Um, I think it's something I've. It's something I only got into obviously as a as an adult collector, and it, it wasn't immediate either. Um, I only really focused on Palatoy since around 2009 properly. Um, right. I suppose I was. I don't know. I suppose it appealed to me that it, there was a lot less of it, and um, it was the British. You know, it was what was sold over here. I mean, the majority of my collection as a kid would have been Palatoy. I mean, it is a stunning logo. It does strike. I mean, I don't... I'm, it's I'm an incredible logo, yeah. yeah. It really is an amazing logo. Um, it's just sad that I don't remember it as a kid, you know. So when you say you you, you haven't focused on Palatoy since 2009, yeah, was that when you got back into Star Wars collecting or, or did you go no. way back before that? No, I, I, I first got back into Star Wars collecting. What, what happened was um, they... On VHS, they released um, the original trilogy in, I think it was like 1995, and it was digitally remastered. And um, I, I bought each copy in widescreen, and inside each copy there was like um, a little pamphlet. They were introducing the, you know, the Power of the Force Two line. I remember them well, yeah. Yeah, and what blew me away was not the figures, because I thought the figures were awful. I mean, you know, Princess Leia looks horrendous, and. Um, <laughs> What what got me was the the vehicles. They'd use the original moulds. They just had more detail to them, and that really brought it all back. I was thinking, oh, this is incredible. You know, got the land speed and the X-wing there, and um, I, I I it made me get out my old collection. Um, and I think I remember watching an episode of the Antiques Roadshow, and I was talking a bit about it. And of course, their so-called experts were getting things wrong. Now, talking about it being quite rare to find. A Boba Fett with his missile intact and on the back, and I was thinking, is it? And I slightly got excited because, of course, mine had the missile in, it, but they're, they're getting mixed up with the rocket firing Fett and so on. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, I, I remember that well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I, and I decided to go out and buy a couple of the new issued um, vehicles. You know, so I think I bought the X-wing Land Speeder and the Falcon, and this was before I knew what was out there vintage-wise. You know, I'd, I'd never been to any shows or anything. There was a little local curiosity shop in Southgate that had a few vintage Star Wars bits in it. And I started buying up some bits from there. And I was just, you know, anything I could get, I was excited by. Um, the guy used to go to the States and bring some bits back. And I, yeah, I remember getting a couple of nice um, 
nice bits there, but to show you how naive I was, I remember seeing in his window there was a, a Kenner carded um, diecast land speeder. There was a little price ticket on there that said one zero zero, and um, I, I thought that was a pound, you know, and it wasn't. It was it was a hundred pounds, and that's actually quite expensive back then. But no, nobody else is selling Star Wars, so he he was doing pretty well, you know. Did you buy and, it? Um, I didn't know. I, I didn't buy it. I think I was quite shocked. Yeah. I suppose there's a big difference between thinking it's a pound to being a hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a slight difference. Yeah. So no, I I, I never bought that one. Um, but I remember I used to put a load of um, loose figures in the window, and by the end of the week, that was always gone. They had to, they had to restock because it, it was so hot. You know, they were just selling like hotcakes, all the stuff. Yeah, it's um, always been. So there's always been a market yeah. for, hasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So up, up until 2009, then you were collecting anything? I was pretty much, yeah, I was sort of as as time goes on, you, you you tend to sort of up the bar a little bit, you know. I started sort of just getting anything I could, and then I started thinking, well, I, I sort of want to get um really clean figures, you know, and um and then I eventually moved on to packaged stuff, and I, I think my first carded figure it was like a it was a Kenner 88, it cost me 15 pounds. I was really chuffed with that, you know, over the moon. And it went from there. And, and yeah, as time goes on, you sort of, you, you, you want to have better condition. That, that's how it went for me anyway. You know, I sort of started to appreciate condition. Um, and, yeah, and then I ended up um, I ended up with quite a nice set of um, the first 21 um, figures on their Star Wars cards, um, 12 backs and 21 backs I went for. That was on um, Kenner, was it? Yeah, that was that that was on Kenner. But I think three of them were Palatal. I was sort of just getting what I could get, and it just worked out. I think the the Vader, the Stormtrooper, and the Death Squad Commander were Palatal, and and the rest were all Kenner. Nice. And I did I did get the Boba Fett as well from um, Jim Stevenson. Um, nice, very nice. I mean, yeah. I think that's the that's the problem, wasn't it? It was a different collecting time. I mean, where were yeah. you sourcing them? Were you going off to the fairs and stuff that Jason yeah, Jordan so, was putting on? Pretty much, yeah. Um, my the first um, experience I I believe was at Pickett's Lock. There was like it was in the corridor in inside the leisure centre. There was a little setup, and um, there was a representative there from a shop in Croydon at the time called Modeler's Loft, which was a lovely shop. You know that really that's some right nice stuff in there, and he had some really nice things on his table. There was a few other chaps there, and um, and I I then went to the shows in Cheshire. And um, yeah, I was I was pretty much getting because it, it was different then. You know, you didn't have the internet like you do today, so you really got butterflies in your stomach going to these fairs because these these were where you was going to pick up your vintage. You know, you really was really excited queuing up to get in. Um, so you, it's not quite the same these days how it used to be for me anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a very different time, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Like, when it comes to we'll go we'll go back to two thousand and nine in a minute, but. Yeah. With regards to prices, I mean, Star Wars, I thought it was expensive at the start of COVID. The yeah. prices now just, that some of the stuff that I see sold, I mean, I, I don't think you could even buy a carded Klaatu now for under 100 quid. I think everything's yeah. just, it's I mean, at least I, I, like three times the value. Yeah, I, I was genuinely shocked today. I um, Somebody put up on Facebook um, a, uh, a baggy to Boba Fett. I think it's like, I think it was a Star Wars D baggy. So it's just like a plain bag that says made in Hong Kong on it. It's sealed. And I mean, he was asking like £800. And um, it wasn't that long ago, probably maybe two or three years ago, I picked up one from a um, good buddy in the hobby for like 250 quid. And I, 
I always say to myself, I'm, I'm, I've seen it or I'm not going to get shocked anymore. And then I see something and it just shocks me. Um, and I, I couldn't believe how much price has gone up. Because I asked a couple of guys and I was like, is this guy, you know, is this overpriced? And they said, no, you know, it's really, things are really shot up. And I, I've have, seen have it. Have you had to rethink your collecting? Because of well, it's gone. Um, I sort of, it's, it's weird because I sort of see myself as semi-retired almost now because I, I'm no longer going for runs and no longer on the quest to complete sets anymore, really. I mean, there are one or two things I'm looking for, but now I just buy what I like. If I can afford it, buy it. You know, if I like it, I'll, I'll get it. But I'm not saying, oh, you know, I've got to complete this 12-back set. I've got to, you know, I, I, I stopped doing that. And I, I, I feel better for it, really, because I, I don't think I could do it anymore now. I certainly couldn't start again now. I'd have no chance. I, the stuff is so been on the ground now and um you know when it does come up for sale it's a as you say it's a fortune um and, and the stuff that i'd be wanting i probably out of my league now yeah that's but I'm, 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 I'm grateful that i because i have had some major sales over the years but i've never got rid of all of it and i've sort of built back up bits and bobs and i'm happy i i did that so yeah. um, i i don't have like there's some guys who've got incredible amounts of stuff i don't have massive collections like these guys but i what I do have is quality. It's not quantity. And to be honest, it's easier to manage. I I wouldn't have the room for vast collection like some guys have, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's that's so, me now, really. So let's go into some of it then, because you sent me some yeah. amazing shots. And uh, the first thing that I notice there's a there's a fair amount of graded stuff in your collection. Yeah, yeah. Um, I take it that appeals to you. It's actually quite rare now to find a, a mint piece that isn't graded. That's, that's quite a rarity in itself now. Most, most clean items you see are, are graded. A lot of them are. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a culprit to that because I've, I've got a hold of some lovely mint pieces and, and I've sent them off and got them graded. Um, I like it because it, it's, um, I mean, firstly, the piece is well protected and it's documented. It, it's I don't think I need someone else to authenticate it, but it, there's certain pieces that it's probably better to have them authenticated than not. Um, and it, it, it does make it easier to sell if you're selling online, you know, something that's yeah. graded, something that isn't, you know, that, that's the fact. Um, and looking through what you've actually sent me, I mean, all the graded pieces are either 80 or 85. So you're yeah. talking, they're good quality pieces. We're not talking yeah. 70s and 65s here. You're, they are. I mean, see, this is the thing. It's, it's really... That it's almost unfair to sort of dismiss a, a, a 70 and 75 because I mean the definition of a 75 is is like excellent plus to near mint and I'm 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 you know I'm I'm just as guilty you sort of turning those up to a 70 you're sort of looking for 80 and above you know but um, a 75 is, is still fairly respectable um, but obviously you know we all we all like the 80s and 85s and so on um, you know um, yeah. And I mean, so with with the grading, with the let's say like the sealed vehicles, um, I think it's a pretty good idea to to grade a sealed item because you've sort of captured that moment in time when it's sealed, and even if the tape pops, it's still in a sealed unit, so you know that nobody's actually ever touched that. They've not they've not opened that, even if the tape has popped, because it's still sealed. If, if that makes sense, so yeah. I think that's quite clever. I I, I don't like to grade um, any unused vehicles because that stops you having a look inside if you fancy it sealed and nice untouched contents so um i think nearly everything in my collection that's um 
unused is is not graded. You know, um, so I, I so, do like that. So let's let's go through a few bits of me. First of all, the first thing that strikes me from what you sent me yeah. was you're clearly Luke heavy. I mean, not just one <laughs> yeah, or two loops. You're Luke heavy across the board with the vintage Luke figures. I'm guessing Luke X-Wing is your favourite because there's a few more of that. But yeah. all the Lukes are covered here in this run. Uh, there's layers that are covered in this run. There's hands that are covered in this run. Outside yeah. of that, I have you You haven't sent me any photos of any characters outside of those three. No. Uh, is that is that how your collection is? Um, I, I do have a few of the other characters, but um, I, I just sort of sent you my main love, really. And I suppose Luke is my number one love uh, yeah and and i do like the you know the 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 early other characters as well you know i do like lair and the hand too but yeah luke is is the outstanding one for me um and um yeah it's always been about luke i guess so i i am a little bit concerned now you have got a beautiful and it is a beautiful example of a loose uh, dt luke it's graded yeah. It's stunning condition. I love it. But I can remember you once telling me that you bite off the little filaments because you didn't like them as a, <laughs> on yeah, the lightsaber. You like them to be the same size. <laughs> yeah, all, all of my um, my childhood um, figures with, with those lightsabers, they, they no longer have their teeth, I'm afraid, because my logic as a kid was well, a lightsaber was the same ripped all the way along, so teeth shouldn't be there. So I, 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 I bit them off. <laughs> to be so, fair yeah. the amount of a uh, amount of loose ones you see with that bitten off or snapped off is incredible yeah. isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah so that that so they, they were they were purposely done not not through wear and tear i actually removed them um intentionally <laughs> so there you go yeah i mean this this is a stunning condition any any backstory to picking that up it oh the, the dc um yeah it, it was uh i think it was frank muse who helped me out um because I always fancied, I mean, I, I, a few quite a few years ago, I, I had a chance to buy a, a mint carded one. It um, was like eighty five grand. I think I could have got it for about six or seven thousand pounds. And I, I, I didn't buy it. Well, I wish I had now, obviously. But and I thought, well, it'd be nice to have a loose one. And I think it's if I get one, I'd probably want a graded one because I, I don't trust myself with the loose stuff. I'm not sure if I could, um, you know, hundred percent say if this is real or fake you know i'm not sure about it because the the way it is now with them um, repro weapons they, they're getting better every day aren't they they're yeah. they, they really are something so um i wouldn't try and, and i just thought something like that should be graded you know um so it was frank muse who helped me out and um it was quite a few years ago now but he he arranged for, for me to, to buy one and um yeah I, I got it for a pretty decent price he, even at the time it was a very fair price and uh yeah i was really happy with that nice uh nice addition at Luke. he is stunning he's stunning yeah yeah obviously... i think i'm not sure so it in in this case it's like the the lightsaber it's um retracted i'm not sure if i would have wanted it all on show but um well that's how it is but it's been nice to see it fully extended but no it's 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 still cool you know it's yeah very nice yeah. piece mate very nice piece yeah no, thanks yeah and obviously you've got the original Luke Skywalker, you've got him on a Tri-Logo, you've got him on a, I think it's a 12B, I can't find the photo, yes. but yeah. I, well, I I did actually have him on a 12A, um, and 
So over recent years, um, having the early cards unpunched has killed a bit more for me because um, unlike your 12 backs and your your 30 backs and and your 20 backs, if the card's unpunched, then when you turn it over and look at the back, the the logo's intact on the back. But if it's punched, then half the logo's missing because on the back of the card, the punch is right on the logo. Right. You you get that with the 12s, 20s and 30s. So um, the the, the 12A that I had was punched. But um, to be honest, one of my good mates, he he just had to have a 12A. And um, he traded that my 12A with the 12B that I've got now. And he like gave me like three and a half grand on top. And I said, you know what? If you if it means that much, I mean, I'm I'm happy to have an unpunched example. So yeah, go for it. I I, I let him have the 12A, and I and I've, I've got the 12B now. So, um, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's, it's a very nice example. I mean, it's. I mean, you, you're really sort of looking at microscopic detail, but the 12A I had was also a triple 85. It was a UKG graded. This one's a triple 85 AFA. The, the AFA one is actually better condition, but again, you have to look closely to see it, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a nice piece. It's a nice piece there. Yeah, you've got what you've shown me. You've got eight Luke X-Wings. Yeah. cards. I mean, these are incredible. Yeah. So... So that, that's basically the full the full basic run from start to finish. Right, so like. what are they then? Yeah. So the Star Wars card is a 20? The, the Star Wars card is a 20. Um, then you've got the 30 back. And then you've got a 41 back. And trying to think of memory, I, I think it... I can't remember if it's a 41A or B. I can't honestly remember. Um, I'll have to check that out. And then you've got the 45A. You've got the 45B. Then you've got the 45C. And the Which 65 back. Jedi, isn't it? Yes. That's it. So 45B to C is a transition from Empire to Jedi. Then you've got the 65 back in the, the Tri-Logo. That's that's pretty much the, the basic run. You know, I mean, one of my um, collecting buddies, he's the, pretty much the guru on Luke X-Wing. I mean, he, he's, he had the ultimate Luke X-Wing collection. And he, he's got, you know, different bubble types and things like that. He's sort of takes it to another level. I mean, he's, he's got Tri-Logo miscards of Luke X-Wing as well, you know. Um, yeah, amazing. yeah yeah pretty incredible and um yeah it took me a while to to do to do that run um the the jedi cards proved the most difficult to find um, well that's it i know that jez you know, recently bought your 45c off you and yes. i mean just that alone can you just explain i think i mean we're, we're 45c here so we're on the jedi yeah. card just yeah. how rare is that card i mean that, it, it's an extremely hard one to find to, to try and explain it to you um there was the one that Jez has now, that that was um, for public sale on the Vectus auction. And um, I got into a bidding war on that one. Um, and I don't believe there's been another at that time that there hadn't been a, a public sale of a Luke X for a long, long time that, that I knew of. And the only reason one or two others came up for sale was because the guy I'm talking about who's had the unbelievable Luke X collection, he decided to let a couple go. And if it, if it wasn't for him um, letting those go, I don't. I don't think um, a couple of others would have would have, would have the Luke X one. I mean, Jez probably wouldn't have that today because I'd still have it because I, I managed to get um, an upgrade basically in condition. Otherwise, I'd have been keeping hold of that one. There was another chap who let a 65 back go, which is actually rarer than the 45. And the only reason he put that up for sale was, I think, because of the Vectors results. So I'm, you know, on one side of the coin, I paid an incredible amount of money for one probably 
probably a record at the time. I don't think anyone had paid anywhere near that for a Luke X ring. But then I don't think one had come up for sale for such a long time. Then on the other side of the coin, it's because of that kind of money generated that the other one probably became available. You know, otherwise that that might have stayed locked away in the collection. Not you know, because uh, that that's what attracted the guy to to get that kind of money for it. The uh, the sixty five yeah, yeah. and and I and, and I I got that as well because that that completed the run getting that sixty five. So I already yeah, had the tri logo. They're, they're considerably easier to get but even now uh, Stu, they're, they're going for incredible money the uh, mint tri logo luke x-wing is, is a lot of money now you know yes yeah, funny old game isn't it yeah i mean yeah. also quite interesting your your 65 back you're talking about it's yeah. um I'm just, i've just got it open at the moment I'm, 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 i must first of all i do i do like the jedi palatoy things because you've got no logo now so you get that no. full image and yeah, luke x does have image, a fantastic yeah. image Brilliant but also image, your yeah. price tag on there Yes. It's a US price tax of seventy nine cents and it's yes. It's interesting Maybe. that the Palatoy stuff had made it to America. Very interesting. And apparently it's quite common. You see quite a few of the um sixty fives with that K B price sticker on them. Some somebody put up something um, recently on Facebook of, about that because they were they were sort of identifying um fake price tags, you know, where people put on a price tag maybe over some damage or something on the card, you know. Um but tracing it back, yeah, it's quite genuine with the Luke X-Ring um, and a few other um, Jedi pieces to have that, that KB price tag on them. And it is interesting because quite a few rare Palatoy pieces have been found abroad. Um, there's been a few um, tough 45 A's found in Australia. Obviously, some stuff found in the US. So it is yeah, interesting do you, do you know what? it's I can, found I, all over. I can kind of get it going to like European countries or maybe Australia, but the fact that America had Kenner and they were churning out these toys. I yeah. just surprised that they would then come over to Britain and import stuff. Yeah. Um, all I could think is as if they were, you know, the they were struggling to get them get them out in time. It's just very very interesting. It's just a, yeah, no, completely yeah. Um, and I, I I don't know like regarding the um, Jedi card locations if if they were made in a, in a you know shortage of numbers or or they were just so popular. You know, the, the kids all bought them up, and that's why there's hardly any about today still sealed up in the packaging. You know. Yeah. I I, I mean I, I remember you know none of my stuff. Mum used to come and meet me from school, and she sometimes used to bring a figure, and there's no chance that figure made it home in its packaging that was ripped open straight away. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and, the um just looking for your photos as well. You've got uh, a Luke Jedi. That's the, yes. you've got one here packed with two blue sabers. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, I'm one. taking it the blue saber is a lot rarer than the green saber on the it, Palatoy. Yeah, it, it's a lot tougher on on Palatoy and, and on and on Kenner. Um, yeah, particularly on Palatoy, it's yeah, it's very tough. Um, so they have the, two, the two in there, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that that's just um, I think that's just a well, I don't know of any others. So as far as I'm aware, that's a one-off. Um, it's a it's a mistake, you know. And um, I got that from Jim Stevenson. Quite a few years ago now, he he had it. Um, I first saw it in one of the NEC memorabilia shows, and um, it, it, I remember talking to a few of the guys, and they said, "Yeah, he's got it, but it's 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 very expensive. You know, it's like 250 quid." And and I thought, mm, you know, I, I really like it. I, I did I did want um, a blue sabered Luke Jedi because I remember as a kid, um, you know, you always get the friend who's got everything, you know, and um, I had. This guy is a good mate. His, his mum used to buy him absolutely everything Star Wars related. He, his collection was amazing. 
and he got Luke Jedi as soon as it came out, and his one came with a blue lightsaber. Sometime down the line, I got one, and mine had the green saber. And I was, at the time, I was a lot happier because I was like, well, that's, you know, it's wrong. Because in the film, I'd seen Jedi, and, and he had the blue, the, the, the green saber in, in, in the release of Return of the Jedi. And um, at the time, I was happy to have the green one, but obviously now as a collector, I'm, I'm happy to have the blue one. I've actually got both now. I've got a really nice green example a year or so ago. I've got them both. Yeah, your green one's um, quite nice because it's capes off, isn't it? And it's all behind yeah, them, so you it's, can see it's the a, it's figure. A completely different, yes, it's a completely different bubble, I think, from a different factory, possibly, because the, the blue one is like in, in a very simple double stem bubble, and he's actually got his cloak on, but the, the green one, it's sort of packed behind him. It's a far more sophisticated bubble with the inner tray and so on. It's um, it's very um, Kenner-esque, if you like. It's, it's, it's not something you'd expect to see on a Palatoy card, but yeah. So, uh, was yeah, the inner tray was, only available on Jedi? Was that a newish, a on newish some concept? Late, uh, late, late Empire, there's a couple like, um, so on the, on the 45A Dengar, it's like the tray sort of, the, the, the bubble type's a bit ahead of its time almost. It's like that, it seems far too sophisticated for a, for a card that early. But yeah, you, you've got it on the Dengar 45A and also on the C3PO removable limbs 45A, you've got an inner tray as well. Yeah. So um yeah, there were a couple that had that. And um yeah, it's it's pretty late, you know. Nice. Well, I mean just going through the rest of the bits and pieces, you you've got every all your bases covered. There's hand best bin, lad best bin, Luke best bins, you've got both the uh, yeah. both the poses on the card yeah. back, obviously image. Um they look yeah. amazing, both on the Empire, Luke Hoff. You've got the tri logos with the last seventeen figures. Uh what's what's your favourite carded figure? God, I mean, I think the, the, the most iconic is is the the twelve back Luke, um, you know that that image and so on. That that's to me is the most iconic minimum card in the entire line of vintage. Um, I I do like the Luke Bespin with the walking photo, which is the, the first issue. I mean, it's it's a lot more common than you know, relatively speaking, of course, than the uh, the second issue thirty, which has got the looking photo, but the photo itself is only available on the 30A and in the Kenner line, you can only get it on the, you know, the 31 back because all, all, all um, other issues of that loop, they, they, the photo is, is the looking photo and there is a variation on the tri-logo looking as well, which is nice. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I really like the, the Luke Bespin as well. Um, but it's hard. I mean, you know, there's so many that I like. They're, they're all good. Um, that's it. And that, I that's mean, that, that, that's what I did. Like regarding my collecting journey, I, in, initially when I got into Palatoy in 2009, I did go on a quest to put the sets together, and I, I managed to get the full set of 20. Um, and I got a large head on as well, which was a bonus. Um, and then I ended up letting the set go in about early 2013 and a lot of the money I got I, I bought up the the Empire line I um I sort of realized that at the time I, I probably wouldn't be able to put run together in the same figure you know like my Luke X-Wing I mean obviously top collectors like um, Gary Smith they they've done this from the beginning and he's managed to put a lot of these runs together and I, I didn't I thought that would be a bit too too a step too far so I thought well I'll try and do like the the first issue run of, of Empire and I and I, I, I nearly did it. I 
there was only one figure I didn't manage to get, and that was a thirty back Boba Fett. That was a bit beyond me. Um, but I, but apart from that, I managed to get virtually all the first issue Palatine Empire from the thirties to the the forty five B, which would have been uh, you know uh, Zuckus. I got that on the forty five B import card, the Dutch import. The only way you could get him on Palatine. You could get a Kenner version, which had a Palatine sticker on the back, but there's a there's a Kenner logo on the front of that card. So I, I went with the Dutch import, and um, yeah, I, I I mean the absolute purist. I, I I managed to do the first ten Empire thirty backs, but they're on a mixture of A and B cards. I only know of two other collectors that have managed the complete first ten on thirty A, um, and uh, yeah, that's probably near impossible to do. Um, but to do it at all, like on the mixture, is pretty tough as well. So I, I, I was pleased to do that. And as I say, I, I nearly done the second. I just was missing the fat. And then I yeah. just did the the 45 um, A's and that and that Zuckus. And yeah, I, I was pleased to do that. But I I did have a sort of an offer I couldn't refuse in uh, early 2017, where I sold a hell of a, lit, a hell of a lot of it off. Um, but I I kept back the Luke's. That's what, right, that's what so kept that's, me going. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kept back the the twelve back Luke and the Luke X Wing on the Star Wars run. On the Empire run I kept back the Luke Bespin and on the Trilogue I kept back the, the Luke Stormtrooper and the Luke Poncho. So uh, and and the Luke Hoff on the on the forty five A. And So the rest of I this thought, is kind of grown from twenty seventeen again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've, I mean that's quite impressive. A, Still quite yeah, impressive I've, in that time period. Yes. The only thing I didn't sell was was the vehicles side, you see, um, and I'm glad I didn't because you know it's pretty tough to find unused vehicles and stuff today. Well, let's go on to these because again, you sent me these. These are <laughs> stunning, and I mean, there's. Yeah, I mean, I love all the vehicles, but as a run, yeah. and the condition you have got this stuff in <laughs> is phenomenal. Let's let's start with the X-wings because. Okay. Um, You've got four palatoid boxed X-wings. I take it that's the run. Um, yes. Uh, take take me through them a minute. What what they okay. are. So I've got the you know the palatoid Star Wars issue, um, and I've got the first issue Empire X-wing, which is just like the Star Wars one. There's no um, battle damage stickers on that one. And then you've got the battle damage um, issue, which is first issued in the Empire box, and then it's like the same battle damage X-wing in the Jedi box. Um, I am missing one, but I'm. I wasn't. I've never really looked for that. And to be honest with you, I, I don't think the outcome would be any different because it's an extremely rare one. It's the the Trilogo X-wing, which um, is like gold dust. You know, that's really tough to find. But um, I, I've never actually ever looked for that one. So, I'm to me, I'm I'm happy. It's you know that's that's complete for me. I'm I'm happy with that. Now um, it's my favourite ship. I think this run okay. is it is just. I mean, you sent yeah. me an actual little video of this. It is yeah. outstanding. I just, everything about it, I absolutely love. It is it, incredible. It was nice to get them um, unused, you know, to have all the paperwork intact and sticking on the plug. Um, do you do you have to, I mean, a lot of what we're about to talk about is in yeah. that condition. Is that uh, is that a yes. rule of thumb for you when buying a ship it, or a playset? Yes, it is now. Yes. Um, as I said, as time has gone on, I've sort of raised the bar. And now everything in my collection is either sealed or unused. Um, it's almost, I don't know, it's, it's all, you almost, some of the fun is almost gone because, I don't know, you, you sort of see a piece and you start looking for the flaws and the faults on it and sort of just appreciate it for what it is, you know. Um, 
but yeah, you, you, it just that's the way it goes for you. You know, you, you just see the stuff in a different way now. I mean, I've seen so much of it, um, and now it's like only the best will do. Um, it has to be sort of unused or sealed for me to to consider it. You know, yeah. but that's just that's just me. I I, I really I think you know the, the the purest history is to see it untouched. You know how it left the factory. You know, you yeah. see it like that, and that's just it's it's a, it's great to see it like that. This video you sent me, is this how you've got them set up? Because you've got you've got the four of them on a shelf. Yeah. One of them's graded, but the other three aren't. So you've got yeah. them kind of like the box at the back of the shelf, and then you've got them if in there. If I had the room, uh, sure. If I only had the room, um, I, I I set them up for the video, and then they've all gone back in their boxes. And, yes, yeah, so they're, they're not they're, – they don't um, live like that, unfortunately. They look so nice like that. I know they'll be <laughs> yeah. a dust in hell, but I – Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, a good, good friend of mine, um, you know, Gary Smith in the hobby. He, that's what he likes. He likes to have the box and then like the vehicle in front of the box in its glory. And if you if you got the room for it, that's that's a lovely way to display it. You know, it, it yeah. really is. Um, but no, un- unfortunately, uh, I don't have any any of my stuff set up like that permanently. It's it's all in its box. You know, I just I just get them out every now and then to maybe take some pictures or so on. You know, but, um, yeah. I'm hoping to one day have a bigger room to maybe do a bit more of that, but we'll see. Yeah, Grant was um, was telling me that he is under the impression that the first issue Empire Strikes Back box, the instructions, yes, are really rare. Then he was trying to tell me they're more rare than the early bird coupon. Um, right. Just to put um, it in a comparison. I mean, right. have you heard that? Um, I, I've I've not heard that comparison, but they they are rare. I mean, they they are super rare they're, they're very hard to come by i mean i i i didn't see them for quite a few years um I, I didn't know that it existed that way and then when i when i when i, I can't remember how long ago it was i actually first saw them but they they are quite unique you know that i think it's like a a5 size it's a very small piece of paper and it's quite a plain sort of looking thing and it just says at the very bottom it says like the palatoy company which you know that that's that's quite an early description, really. You know, yeah, they're they're, they're very unique, and there's a lot of people that are after those to to, to complete their um their uh, box their box uh, and and they are, as I say they are they are unique to that box. Yeah. So nice. yeah, they're very nice. tough. Um, I mean, I, I was very fortunate. Um, this is God. I think it was in like 2014. I think, or was it earlier than that? It might have been a bit earlier. Um, somebody listed a load of like instruction um, parts on on eBay. I mean, they had like they had a load of it. It's like one of those when you you click on the page and then you you click on the one that you want. They've got like a massive list of, of mm. whatever. And and I just had a look through and I saw those instructions on there and they they're in really clean condition. And um, I bought them for like I think twenty pounds. I paid for for those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they are rare very sought after very rare i I'm, I'm not aware of how rare they are compared to like that coupon that grant mentioned i, I don't know about that but yeah he, i mean if, if he says so it's probably right you know he knows his stuff yeah um, but let's yeah. let's just go through a few of these other bits because i'm aware that i've yeah. kept you for quite a while already no, but, no, it's, it's right. i mean we've got you've got the dagobah play set quite difficult yeah. to find box like that is in lovely i mean the foam still looks in good good nick in the yeah. photo yeah, that phone can really deteriorate quick if uh, oh, yeah. i think the best thing to do is not to touch it just leave it alone um yeah <laughs> try Catch and, a lot of posters in yeah. there i mean i mean all yeah. of these just to the listeners as we go through this these are all unplayed with the most of the yeah. parts for these things are still in their bags 
and yeah. the boxes look immaculate. I mean, these are stunning. Love that. Uh, really yeah. nice set. Then the cloud yeah. car. Now this looks absolute. The, the condition of this looks incredible as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, again, um, it, it's. I, I was sort of picking up these things when when you were able to. Um, that that again, that was one of Jim Stevenson's, and I remember him. I think he had that on his table for a long, long time. You know, because um, back then a lot of people didn't really care as much about the box stuff being in that kind of condition. Um, so, and and probably the fact that he. He had it quite expensive at the time, you know, um, and uh, yeah, I was pleased to get that because that's pretty difficult to find um, unused. I mean, that is uh, stunning condition. I mean, we, we, we hear it all the time when people yeah. mention Jim Stevenson's in interviews or just conversation. Yeah. They they said he was a real stickler for condition. And every time you yeah, mention I mean, him tonight, I've got that from him. You're, we're seeing that in yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, his his table setup was, was amazing to see. You know, it was really nice to see. A store like that with, with all that stuff on there, you know. Yeah, it's a bit like that shop I mentioned earlier, that Modeler's Loft. I mean, you walked in there, it was like stepping back in time, looking at a well-tended toy shop because all of their stuff was immaculate. Um, they had quite a high standard. It had like 300 carded figures in really good condition at the time. But again, it was at a time where this stuff was more available to to pick up. You know, it was it was still out there. Yeah, you don't no, see really conditions like this no. very often, do you? Not, not, not too often. And, no, no. You, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think one of my best condition um, boxes is, is the Snow Speeder. And, yes, um, that's next. The box looks absolutely mint. I mean, they could be shot all today, couldn't it? it? It looks so good. It, you look at it and you think, is that a reissue box? You know, they did the, the vintage collection reissues. Yeah. Um, you can almost think, oh, is that one of them? Because it looks so immaculate and it... I mean, this one is ridiculous. This was listed on eBay just casually as a buy it now, like 125 quid. It just, it didn't go into detail. It just said, um, like, box snow speeder. And um, we took a chance on it. And, and my friend and I, we, we, we got it. And we were the first ones to open it. Because some of these, you know when you're the first, because the boxes can be so tight to open sometimes. Yeah. And when you look inside, sometimes the instructions are there. They're not perfectly neatly um, placed in there like the way we we do them when we own something they're just shoved in there and um i could sort of tell that yeah that that had never been opened the, the tape had literally popped but nobody had ever opened it and um uh, that is stunning so that, that, it yeah is it, so it, stunning. it was yeah it, it was a pleasure to to get that one um yeah i mean so. if you if you'll let us use the images I, I will get craig to put together an enhanced on this because anybody who is listening to, to just yeah, to just welcome, view the condition I'm, of this I'm happy stuff. To, yeah, yeah. No, honestly, you go for it. It's, it's nice to, to to show it. You know, it's um, nice to see it like that. And so, then yeah. then you've got another really tough one with inserts. That's the Tara and Probot. They don't come up very often, complete at all. No. Anyway, even right. in bad condition, let alone yeah. the condition you've got it in. Stunning, absolutely yeah. stunning. Again, um, yeah, that, that's with a tough base. one. Yeah, they're they're both pretty tough to to get you know um but the I, I was happy to find the boxes in half decent condition because it's it's difficult to find the boxes nice um actually with um i think it was the turret that, that came from um dave, dave tree he he got hold of uh, a few bits from a chap who um i think it was a bit eccentric he was like a kid and he got the toys and, and what he done he i think he neatly applied the stickers and he just sort of left them, didn't really play with them. And um, so 
my turret is slightly manufactured because I, I bought that one from Dave. And what I've done, I I replaced the the uh, the, the ProBots. So I got a because that one had come out of the bag. So I, I I got a sealed bag ProBot Palatoy, and um, I got a set of uh, um, unused uh, stickers. So um, I sort of put that together myself to, to to you know to make it an unused um, example um, because it to find one totally just unused you know probably near impossible so i had to sort of slightly manufacture that one but obviously all the parts are original and yeah. unused so no, yeah lovely piece mate and i have yeah. to bring up i mean this is probably one of my favorite items for the smaller box type of things but your tonton is just stunning and <laughs> that's graded it's graded 85 yes. is that sealed yeah. as well yes yeah that's fully yeah. sealed and i mean the, the, the tape is like crystal clear it's um it looks like it was sealed yesterday to be honest um and the story on that one that actually came out of a, a factory case um and that's i think that's why a, a few of those were available at some point you know because it's near impossible to find the very first issue sealed i um i don't i'm not sure i know of one that exists you know i've got a really nice unused one but i don't know of one that's fully sealed um but this one there, there used to be a, a place or shop called um twilight zone and that the uh, proprietor of that was a guy called david oliver who was a collector back in the day and um i i, I got it from there and it was i mean it was again it was at a time when nobody really cared about sealed stuff and it was just dirt cheap and uh it was it was sent to me and, and i was quite taken back by the condition you know totally yeah. brand new untouched you know and yeah, so i'm glad i got that graded because it's all you know it's intact now it's it's um it's sealed up forever if you like <laughs> yeah yeah it's a really nice one it's making me want to go and buy palatoy stuff this this interview <laughs> i mean just flicking through i mean they, they've got the darth vader tie i mean that just looks unused and mint as well but it's just unbelievable the condition you've managed yeah, to assemble I, that that came from um, the cnt auction a couple of years ago um i think it was a cnt a, a couple they they spent many years putting to get together a, a collection and um yeah, it, it was incredible condition, I, and I sort of bought it on a whim. I, I didn't, I didn't premeditate to, to get it. I was watching the auction, and it was hovering at a price. And I thought, well, this is very reasonable, and I and I put a bid in, and I managed to get it. Um, and it really is incredible condition, you know, because that box is it's not one of those uh, sort of corrugated card carded boxes. You know, you get these really sturdy boxes, yeah. like the the snow speed is one of them, and I think like the Falcon and so on. This box is, is quite weak and it's quite a big, wide box. I mean, it's hard to find it like that. Very hard. Um, and it, yeah, this is literally, I mean, I, I actually drove down there to pick it up. I didn't get it sent by post. I picked it up personally. Yeah, really, really nice. And the other thing I'm noticing from this image, I mean, that you're going to think this is really left field, but you've taken a photo of this on, on a computer chair, but I can see your light switch in the background has got a, a oh, little picture of Darth Vader, a little picture of Yoda with dark side, light yeah. side written on the uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think about <laughs> one or two quid from Amazon that was. It's yeah. like a sticker. Yeah, I thought that was quite cool. Keen eye, keen eye. Yeah, and then well you've done, got yeah. you've yeah you've gone into everything else you've got unused end of forest rangers y-wing looks incredible is there is there anything you're particularly missing that you would love to add yeah i'm i'm missing a, a mini rig that i'm after um and it's a isp6 but i, I want it in the the bio logo palatoy 
box. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, you know. So uh, yeah. I, I know somebody who's got one, but they have a real passion for, for their um, for their collection. So I don't, I don't think that's going anywhere for some time, if at all. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's nice to still have a couple of things that I'm looking out for. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, I'm, I, you know, I'd like that. Um, off the top of my head, I can't honestly think of anything else that I really am after. As I say, you know, you see something you like, it, you, if, you, if you can get it, you get it, you know. Um, but no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy to just to sit back and see what, what comes along. Um, funny enough, I, I don't have uh, an unused Palatoy Millennium Falcon. I I used to have a Jedi one, and that was actually fully sealed. And I traded that for the braided um, Battle Damaged X-Wing that you've seen. Yeah. Um, but that was fine. But I've never had the Empire um, Falcon. The reason for that is because I've got a Star Wars one that's unused, and um, I just thought it was quite incredible to have a Star Wars Falcon because obviously you couldn't get that over here. Um, no. But so and it's having the room. I mean, I suppose yeah, I, I wouldn't turn down a lovely unused Empire and um, Palator Falcon, but who knows? You know, just yeah, you know, who knows what 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 comes my way? If I can get one, maybe I'll get one. If not, I'll, I'll stick with a Star Wars one. I think that's how you have to collect now, isn't it? I think you, yeah, you can't yeah, go definitely. out and look for it like that and. You have no, these little no. things you want to tick off, but and let yeah. them out there. I mean, you know, now I know what you're after. I'll see one. I can let you know. It's kind of well, that's, kind you of know, just... I've, I've had so much help over the years from good friends in the hobby. Um, they, they really have helped me out, and you know, things that I probably wouldn't have been able to get a hold of if it weren't for having a good network of, of collectors and friends in the hobby. Yeah. So, um, and that's a that's such a valuable, invaluable thing in the hobby. The, the people I've met. It's, it's been great, you know. Yeah. Some really, really super guys in, in the hobby. So, yeah. yeah. Right, mate, before we close out the interview, I'm going to ask you, what is your favourite collecting story? I mean, you must have many. There's a few, but I suppose the one that comes to mind is um, back in 2009. Unbeknownst to me, that, that was, as I said before, that was the sort of start of my serious Palatoy journey, but um, that wasn't the original plan at all. I always said to myself, I said, right, if ever I get the chance, then um, I'd, I'd love to own a, a really clean 12-back Palatoy loop because, as I said before, you know, the most iconic figure to me, the original trilogy is all about Luke and his journey, and, and I just, I really wanted one, and um, it's one of those mint on cards that sort of all, has always been really right up there and really desirable. Like many years ago, it was seemed like near impossible to, to get hold of one. Early 2009, I got a message from a friend of mine who's a good collecting buddy, and he said, have you seen the internet, um, eBay, sorry? I said, I haven't looked at it lately, what's up? And he said, somebody's listed a, a mint 12-back Palatoy Chewbacca that are listed for about 1,600 quid. And in the listing, it also mentioned that he has other mint 12-backs, including the Luke, Ben and Vader with the double telescoping sabers. I thought, okay, let me check this out. I had a look, and it said that. I thought, hmm, maybe he's made a listing error or he's not really clued up on, on the stuff because, as many know, those dub- double telescopings were never done on the Palatoy card. So I thought, well, let's have a look at this. And I mean, the images he put up on the tree were amazing. They were just really high definition, really good photos of all angles. So I thought, well, let me let me contact him and uh, go from there. And I did. And sure enough, he, he got back to me pretty quick and he said... Um, yeah, he's he's got the look. He hasn't, um, you know, advertised it for long. And he sent me some really great images of Luke. And I said, these these look amazing, like stock photos. And um, I said, you know, so what's your price? And um, 
he got back to me and he said it's 1400 and I was like right I thought he'd made a typo I thought he meant to type 2 for 2400 and it turned out no it was 1400 pounds and I said well that's sold can we uh, arrange to pick it up or you know and he basically was happy for myself and um, my friend to, to go to his place uh, other side of London quite trusting really you know having a couple of strangers turning up to your place to look at valuable toys and um he actually said to me that he picked up the full 20 in mint condition from um jim stevenson and uh, i'd actually spoken to jim at a previous toy fair and jim told me that he'd recently sold a full set him and andy his son so the stories sort of match up i thought right well i mean i'm in for a treat here these are going to be kosher they're going to be top draw and uh we we got there and sure enough, laid out on the floor was all 20 first, you know, Palatoy figures, all mint carded. And uh, we were sort of blown away because especially back then, it's not often you got to see something like that. So, you know, we we were really taken back. And he actually had a few other toy lines and some, some rare and British uh, sort of Mego type toys from the 70s. So, yeah, we, we were just sort of starstruck with all the stuff he had. Checked the look out and it was kosher, top drawer. That's the one so still in your I, collection now, isn't it? No, that's that is the A card that I let go. That I oh traded. right, this one did. Yes, this one sorry, did leave. Yes. Okay, yeah, of course yes. it did. Yeah, you said earlier. Um, yes, so it, it was ungraded. I mean, they're all ungraded, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and um, <laughs> sort of to, to put a cherry on the top, he actually he gave me fifty quid back. He said, "Well, here's your petrol money." So it cost me thirteen fifty in the end. And I mean, I remember. Um, Jason Joyner ran um, a telephone auction because he'd got hold of a set of the first 20 from some chap. The, the condition of those weren't in the League of Ease, but they were still decent. And I mean, this was in like 2000 or it was either 99 or 2000. And I think back then the Luke went for a couple of grand because yes, Luke has always been like the one. And as time has gone on, you, you had an episode with the Chew being sort of the one that everyone wanted and and now it seems to be Ben. Me personally, I, I, I always put Luke right up there, always. And it, it didn't stop there. Um, sort of got friendly with a chap and we we met up a few times and I ended up having quite a few of um, the the figures in, in that collection. So that was a real boost to, to my um, 12 and 20 set. And um, it's pretty much because of that that I managed to complete it in late 2010. And the last two figures I needed were the the Ben and the small head Han. And amazingly, I got those two that were in that collection because my other good buddy, I called Lee Gregory, he picked those up and um, he sold them to me in uh, late 2010. So uh, quite a lot of those um, of the first 12 came from that set. So it, it was, great story. yeah, it, it, it was, you know, it, it was awesome. And um, it's quite amusing because Apparently, when Jim found out what he'd sold the Luke to me for, he went ballistic. He said, "He said that's a two plus grand piece." He said, "I'd have had it back of you for that." You know? <laughs> I think you've got a. Uh, I think you've got a, <laughs> over li- talking to you tonight on this whole interview. You love a yeah. Jim Stevenson piece. How it's right yeah, for I your do. collection. I, I know. I mean, it's just. I suppose I'd seen a lot of Jim at the fairs that I'd been to. He's always at the. He always stood at the fairs that I went to, and um, I mean. Obviously, those figures that didn't come directly from him, but it's just, I suppose, it's a small world. You know, that chap got them. He was apparently a, a real um, big um, customer of Jim's, and he used to buy loads of the uh, the Mego stuff and superheroes and all, all 
all the other 70s stuff yeah. in Jim. And um, it's amazing that he made that investment because he didn't really know much about Star Wars, but he, he did it as a pure investment. And um, the story was that he, he bought them in late 2008 um, for 16000 for the 20. And um, come 2009, there was like a credit crunch and he, he lost his job. I think he was in telecommunications or something. And he decided to sell up quite a few bits, you know, because he, he, he'd only had them five minutes. He hadn't had them long at all. Uh, and I was just in the right place at the right time because I went to the NEC a few months later and, and the story was sort of around the stores, you know, people were talking about saying, yeah, Mint 12 back Luke sold for that, you know, and I was like, well, yeah. news travels fast, you know, but yeah, it, it, it was a good uh, good memory. But I, I genuinely thought, I, I thought he was written it down, like messaged me incorrectly. I thought he wanted two and a half or 2,400 for it, which is, you know, it was worth that, to be honest. Well, mate, that, that uh, yeah. is a great bit of business. Different different time of collecting, wasn't it? But uh, it, it was different. It was that was yeah, amazing. It, it was, you know. So yeah, that that's the that's the story that always stick in the memory. Yeah. Well, if I ask that question <laughs> to too many collectors, I very much doubt they'll have such a uh, <laughs> such a story. But that, that that's brilliant. It, it was just great, you know, just driving there, and um, I think the sat nav played up a few times, and we finally got there. But you know, it was just it was really it was a great evening. Yeah. Well. Mate, that is brilliant. I love it. I love all these <laughs> stories. Uh, yeah, they're so they're so good and so much fun to talk about. And it's great times. Something like Star Wars, even now, is so good for mental health as well. For this day yeah. and age, that you have that focus and you have that interest that can take you out of everyday life. It is it is good. And he would just like to say to you, John, that. Right. If you are struggling to display these beautiful pieces, he wouldn't mind. He, he's happy to um, look after your 30B, your 41B, <laughs> and your 45A uh, Luke X-Wing for yeah. you. He's, he's yeah. here to well, your hand. I mean, you know, someone like Jez, he, he's, he's a great guy. And he's, it is passion for Luke X-Wing. It's maybe arguably greater than mine, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, somebody like him, he'd be very deserving of, of pieces like that, if, you know. So, uh, yeah okay I'm, I'm i can tell you're getting boring. tired calling calling jez a great guy i mean <laughs> no, no, he's, a... yeah he's he's a quite a, quite a fella his you know so <laughs> I, I, I was i was genuinely um happy to you know, make that happen for him to, to get that luke x ring i know i know i knew what it meant to him to have that yeah. you know so, yeah. Um, yeah that was that was great really, really well great. john Thank you for sharing your collecting journey. Thank you for sharing the images you sent me for Tunisia and talking about that. That has I've now got that open as a tab on my computer, which I don't need, but uh, it will stay open, I'm sure, and I have a little gander at that. Um, it's been fantastic chatting with you. It's always nice seeing you at events. Yeah, Such a collection, mate. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. No, no, my pleasure. And, you know, keep you posted. I, I hope you can do that journey one day because, yeah. you'll love it yeah thank you so much i've got to go and talk the wife into it (laughs) yeah no no why not indeed and i look forward to seeing you down the road you know yes i'm I'm guessing you'll be at the next uh echo yeah at the next echo i'll be at the next forest from when dave announces it yep definitely mate definitely brilliant well a huge thank you to john for taking his time to speak with me and going through his Star Wars passions. If you want to do an interview and come on as a guest, you can email us at generationskywalker at gmail.com. And of course, go and check us out on social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, 
Twitter, just search for Generation Skywalker. Of course, over on Facebook, we have the community page. We are Generation Skywalker. You're looking forward for that. That's where the discussion is. Go over to YouTube. You'll find our enhanced videos, the unboxings, Skywalker Blasts, all stuff like that. Again, just search for Generation Skywalker. Hit that subscribe button. We really do appreciate the follow. And, of course, you can listen to all the podcasts wherever you may get your podcasts. But it is for me from this show. Goodbye. Thank you to John once again. And we are Generation Skywalker. All eras, all passions, all Star Wars. <laughs>